I want you to hit me as hard as you can. From the Daredevil's bullseye to the Batman's penguin, Colin Farrell is a Hollywood bad boy who sure knows how to steal a scene or two. The notorious Irishman seemed to arrive like a bat out of hell, or a penguin, landing leading roles in a variety of really unique and interesting films. Sometimes. But as with every actor who is able to make it in the town of Tinsel, he spent years honing his craft and getting into a little bit of trouble along the way. Yeah, it seems like he's been around for forever, but his performances still feel fresh. He still has more up his sleeve, he's still experimenting, he's still growing as an artist, and changing. He is not the Colin Farrell that he used to be, but is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's time to ask questions like that and more, and, and this question right here, what the f**k happened to Colin Farrell? Before we begin, please like, share, and subscribe, and make sure to click that notification bell to get those notifications if you're into this kind of stuff. Now, back to the show. But to truly understand what the f**k happened to Colin Farrell, we must begin at the beginning of the beginning began when he was born. On his birthday, Dublin, Ireland, 1976, he landed his first paying gig on the television drama Bollykiss Angel. His first exposure to the big screen came with the highly acclaimed Tim Roth directorial debut, The War Zone, in 1999. And he would follow that up by appearing alongside Kevin Spacey, an ordinary decent criminal in the year 2000. After a one-two punch of the Vietnam War flick Tigerland and the Western American Outlaws, Colin Farrell would have a truly star-making year in 2002 appearing alongside Bruce Willis back when he still cared in Hearts War, and reuniting with his Tigerland director Joel Schumacher for Phone Booth, which made an impressive $98 million off a $13 million budget, and critics said that it was Colin Farrell's nail-biting performance that made this film so entertaining. And yeah, you knew this guy was something special if he could hold your interest just, you know, being in a phone booth for a whole movie. That's, that's a good actor there. Take me! This is about me! Come on! And last but certainly not least was appearing alongside Tom Cruise in the Steven Spielberg hit sci-fi film Minority Report. This $358.4 million grossing adaptation of the Philip K. Dick story would be a game changer for Colin Farrell's career. It would also earn solid reviews and be named one of Roger Ebert's favorite films of the 2000s. And when we all saw Colin Farrell stand next to Tom Cruise, we could all see his future like a precog. And his future was bright if he could survive it. And from that point forward, the age of Colin Farrell had begun. Of course, the headlines that he garnered weren't always for his on-screen performances, but for his off-screen antics. He got a reputation as quite the ladies' man around Hollywood, being linked to several stars such as Angelina Jolie, Demi Moore, Britney Spears, Lake Bell, Rosario Dawson, Carmen Electra, and Lindsay Lohan. But perhaps the most notorious of all of these was none other than Elizabeth Taylor, 
yeah, Colin Farrell admits to having a romantic relationship with the Hollywood icon. Wow. Which was never consummated, but, um... Yeah. In the year 2003, it seemed like every week there was a new Colin Farrell movie. From starring alongside Al Pacino in The Recruit, to playing the supervillain Bullseye in Ben Affleck's Daredevil, to leading the successful big-screen adaptation of the 1975 TV series SWAT, which would go on to make over $207 million off a $70 million budget, and SWAT would win big at the Mexico MTV Movie Awards, winning the award for Best Colin Farrell Movie. Yes, that's right, the Mexican MTV Movie Awards created a category just for Colin Farrell, where he would be nominated against his three other films, The Recruit, Daredevil, as well as his cameo in Veronica Guerin. But yeah, ultimately winning for his role in SWAT, winning Best Colin Farrell Movie at the Mexican MTV Movie Awards. Congrats. During my lifetime, I had never seen a actor rise so quickly. The guy was everywhere, he was on the fast track to just taking over the world. Yet, in 2004, Farrell would start to see a diminishing return at the box office. Even though he would be nominated for Best Actor at the Irish Film Awards for the film A Home at the End of the World, it would fail to ignite the box office with just 1.5 million. This would be followed by the notorious Oliver Stone-directed box office bomb Alexander, which was reported to have lost the studio over $70 million, and it earned Colin Farrell his only Razzie nomination to date for Worst Actor. Even the power of Colin Farrell's acting could not save this one. He was trying his best, though, but the movie was just too epic for anything. Alexander not so great. Then he went on to work with master filmmaker Terrence Malick, and they made The New World, which is a live-action Pocahontas, although it is a beautifully made film because it's a Terrence Malick movie, and was respected by the critics. It would fail to catch on at the box office, and, you know, money's important in this business, apparently. He would follow that up with another big-screen adaptation of a popular TV series, Miami Vice. Michael Mann's Miami Vice. But critics were lukewarm on this film, calling it below the standards of master filmmaker Michael Mann. But like many other films, this one is now looked upon slightly more fondly. And Miami Vice was filmed during the lowest point of Colin Farrell's substance abuse and he barely even remembers making this epic action flick. It seems that the string of either box office or critical failures ended up taking their toll on Colin Farrell, as his partying became something of legend around Hollywood. This bad boy was rarely seen in public without a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other. He would pop up in the show Scrubs around this time, playing up his persona as a lovable guy who gets into a bit of trouble whenever he goes out drinking. His life and his art was intertwining. Eventually, Colin Farrell's hard partying ways caught up to him and he entered rehab, which ultimately led to his sobriety. Way to go, Colin, way to go. He knew that his addictions were getting out of control, and he knew that his life was in danger. 
But good old Colin Farrell would overcome his addictions and get his life back on track, which allowed him to make more movies. Movies like Ask the Dust and Woody Allen's Cassandra's Dream. And you know you're a good actor if you can deliver Woody Allen's dialogue, even though Woody Allen is a mother Colin Farrell would also appear alongside Edward Norton in the crime thriller Pride and Glory. Before embracing his natural lighter side for the excellent dark comedy crime film In Bruges in 2008, a role that he originally turned down because at the time he feared that his string of box office failures rested solely on his shoulders. And he didn't want to ruin the movie In Bruges because he thought that simply adding his name to a cast would doom the film. But, you know, he was wrong because he's great. This is the perfect kind of movie for Colin Farrell. And even though the movie did only manage to make 34.5 million at the box office, it was seen as a true revitalization of Colin Farrell's career, as he would go on to win a Golden Globe back when people cared about him for best actor in a musical or comedy. Critics and everybody who saw this lavished him with endless praise for his performance. Truly amazing. After showing up in the mermaid drama, Ondine and Triage, he would help Jeff Bridges nab an Academy Award by appearing alongside him as a country western singer in the film Crazy Heart. Then Colin Farrell alongside Johnny Depp and Jude Law would help director Terry Gilliam complete his film The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus after the tragic passing of Heath Ledger, whom they were all good friends with. Johnny, Jude, and Colin all were playing versions of Ledger's character within the Imaginarium. And it actually makes sense for the story for this character to change. And it's a wonderful, wonderful way to honor the memory of Heath. And in a true show of friendship and solidarity, the three actors, Jude, Johnny, and Colin, gave their entire salaries to Heath Ledger's daughter. Colin Farrell would toil away in another couple of box office bombs, 2010's London Boulevard and The Way Back. And much like The New World, The Way Back is a respected, beautiful film that didn't make much money. Then Colin Farrell fully embraced his comedic chops in the film Horrible Bosses. He went all in on this one. The character's disheveled appearance in the film, the comb over, the pot belly, and the outfit, they were all suggested by Colin Farrell himself. Because unfortunately, Colin Farrell was cursed with good looks and a fit bod. Horrible Bosses became a massive hit, pulling in nearly 210 million off a $35 million budget. It's funny. Farrell would next do the reboot, revamp, remake thing for two classic genre films, Fright Night and Total Recall. But some say Farrell's performance in Fright Night makes the film far better than it needs to be. Otherwise, it's a completely unnecessary remake. Why would you do it? And the Total Remake of Total Recall was even worse. Even though it made nearly $200 million, it cost like $125 million just to market this thing. So it was ultimately looked at as a failure. 
And yeah, they just took Total Recall and just sucked out all of the fun. How dare you touch Total Recall, you total jerk. Farrell would then reunite with his in Bruges director, Martin McDonough, for the criminally underrated film Seven Psychopaths. He would be nominated for Best Actor at the Irish Film and Television Awards, as well as win, alongside his castmates, the Boston Society of Film Critics Award for Best Ensemble Cast. And in some breaking awesome news, Colin Farrell is reteaming again with this fantastic filmmaker this year, 2022, in the film The Banshees of Inishir. But here in the story of Colin Farrell is when he comes into his own. After appearing in the box office disappointment Dead Man Down and voicing Ronin in the $268.4 million grossing animated film Epic, Colin Farrell started popping up in more supporting roles as well as leading some critically acclaimed independent films. Whether he was playing the inspiration for the Mr. Banks character in Saving Mr. Banks, or the lead in the bizarre, surreal, interesting, unique, amazing, critically praised film The Lobster, for which he would be nominated for Best Actor for far too many award shows to mention here. And he would reteam with the director of The Lobster again for another unique, interesting, bizarre, disturbing, amazing film, Killing of a Sacred Deer, in 2017. Colin Farrell's subtle yet hypnotic performances in The Lobster and The Killing of the Sacred Deer are truly something special. There isn't anything to compare this to. Like, he's inventing a new style of acting here, and it's amazing to watch. Colin Farrell figured out his career and his place in the universe as an actor in the way that many performers never do. He understood who he is and what he can do, not what Hollywood wants him to do. Bottom line, Colin Farrell is a character actor who unfortunately has been cursed with leading man movie star good looks. He's always experimenting, always making you guess what he's gonna do next. Just look at some of the roles that he has taken over the past half decade. A detective in season two of True Detective, he did the Harry Potter thing in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, played a wounded soldier in Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled, he was a lawyer alongside Denzel in Roman J. Israel Esquire, and he joined the cast of Steve McQueen's, no, not that one, Widows. And he was in the Tim Burtonized Dumbo. So he was actually doing a lot, working hard. And it was around this time that after being sober for over a decade, Colin Farrell entered rehab again. But he was not drinking this time. He was just worried that he would slip back into his old ways. He felt the urges coming back and wanted to stop them before they took over him again. So Colin did the responsible thing and entered rehab as a preventative measure to help, you know, reset himself. You see, Colin was exhausted. He had been working his ass off in all of these interesting films, bringing us all these complex characters. And it was really taking a toll on his body, his mind, and his soul. And the great reset of Colin Farrell seemed to work 
because soon after he was back at it with a scene-stealing role as coach in Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman in 2019, and Artemis Fowl in that Artemis Fowl movie in 2020, also appearing alongside Jessica Chastain in the action crime film Ava, and in 2021 he did that sci-fi dud Voyagers. And let's not forget the whaling miniseries The North Water, for which he would gain some weight for the character, and those extra pounds helped inspire filmmaker Matt Reeves to lead Colin into the land of Oz. Ozzy. Oz Oswald Cobblepot. <laughs> And recently, perhaps the biggest display of his commitment to his characters has come in the form of the iconic The Penguin in The Batman. Hiding his pretty face with makeup that took over four hours to apply. And he's not in the movie very much, but when he's in it, you cannot take your eyes off of him. And some people are like, why cast Colin Farrell in this? Why not just cast a guy who actually looks like that? And I'm like, you don't get the, the point. Because Colin Farrell, it's his pretty face just gets in the way. And let's give the guy a chance, and Matt Reeves did, and it was, it was perfect. And he was so perfect that they're going to keep doing this. And you won't have to wait long, because Colin Farrell has signed on to star and executive produce a Penguin spin-off series for HBO Max. And we also have After Yang to look forward to, which seems incredibly promising a more gentle performance, which she also excels at. Colin Farrell is truly one of the most gifted performers to come our way in the last 20 years or so, maybe the last century. He continuously surprises us with the roles he takes and never gives them anything less than 100%. At a certain point, his off-screen wild child antics we're getting more attention than his, you know, actual acting, but he quickly course-corrected, turned his life around, and has brought us some of the most memorable films with some of the most incredible characters in recent years. So nobody should give a fuck about what the fuck happened to Colin Farrell, because not only is he doing just fine, he's doing better than ever. Elliot! He said my eyes look like the Irish countryside after a soft rain. 